in the dirty waters of film criticism. Tricycle Radio presents The Movie Wave with Sergio Calvo. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of The Movie Wave. I am Sergio Calvo, a motion arts feature editor of Tricycle Magazine. Uh, I'm here at the Edinburgh International Film Festival with the company of our film critics, George Sully. Hi, hi. And uh, Susanna Martin. Hello there. And uh, have you guys seen Convento? Uh, I haven't, I'm afraid I didn't have time. Have you, have you Susan? No, I haven't. No. Oh, you, you, you missed a good one. It's a really, really beautiful film. It's uh, actually, it feels like a love letter to art and to nature and to life. And uh, it is a very quiet film, very relaxing and very meditative. And uh, it's full of imagination and creativity. And uh, watching this film, I felt transported. I felt transported to this 400-year-old <laughs> monastery in Portugal uh, that was converted to a laboratory of art by this Dutch family. And uh, I discovered uh, the mesmerizing work of a uh, kinetic artist, Christian Swanikin. And uh, I really go immersed in, this, uh, in his magic and very atmospheric world of motion where death does not exist. So that's a, that's a good place to live, where, where death does not exist. Absolutely. There is no exi- existentialism there. <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, well, I'm really excited to present the full interview recorded here at the festival with director Jared Alterman and artist Christian Swaniken. Let's listen to it. Well, I'm here at the Edinburgh International Film Festival with uh, Jared Alterman on my left and uh, Christian Swanikin. Oh. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah, perfect. We're going to be talking about uh, the documentary film Convento. This film tells the story of a Dutch family of artists, the Swanikin family, uh, who left Holland in 1980 and moved to a 400-year-old monastery in Portugal. What they do, they convert this monastery to an art laboratory. And Christian, who is uh, with us today, he's a kinetic artist. What do you do in the film? What I see you doing in the film, you recover bones and skulls, and uh, you bring them back to life. You, you kind of transform them into uh, moving mechanisms. But the, the, the film isn't really about the family or about Christian. I think it feels more like it's probably more about the place, or that's why I felt. What's the film about? Well, everyone always asks me, who's the main subject? And I always say the convento is yeah. the main subject. You know, there isn't really a protagonist. It's really, um, it's about three characters inhabiting, you know, a, a, an amazing landscape. And at the end of the day, it winds up being a film immersion more than a documentary. And I, I would say my goal was to really transport the viewer into this, this amazing place. Um, the camera moves very slow, the camera listens, the camera really observes. And I think what you see in a lot of typical documentaries is very fast-paced, cutting, heavily narrated scenes. We, we are the MTV generation now, so that's, it's, it's all very fast-paced. 
and, and this is this is a Michael Bay. Yeah. No, I love Michael Bay though. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing like a great uh, you know schlock cinema on a Saturday night with some popcorn right. in your hand. Okay. Don't you know? I'm I'm definitely not a purist when it comes to that. Um, I'm about embracing the cinematic experience. So if it's going to be explosions and transformers, or if it's going to be a film immersion, I think the goal of a filmmaker should not. Uh, really spoon feed uh, his or her audience. I think I think we have to have more trust in our audiences that being able to meditate, um, you know, on the silver screen is really why we come to the cinema in the first place. Uh, this is one thing of the one of the things I felt when I was watching the film. Uh, the the pace is very relaxed and it allows you, it gives you some space. It, it gives you like some breathing time that you can think about what you're watching, which is something that we probably don't get that much in mainstream cinema. Before watching the film, I thought it was going to be a film about religion because it's called Con uh, Convent or Convent. Yeah. And, uh, it's probably not about religion, but uh, is it a spiritual film? Well, taking a step back, Convento, the origin of the word uh, coming from Latin means uh, convenir, which means coming together, a gathering. So even though if you trace the history of the, of the space, 400 years, ag 400 years ago it was... Uh, an abbot and 12 monks who were there uh, creating a Franciscan um, monastery. But further, go back in time, Romans, Arabs, Jews, Phoenicians were all there inhabiting this space. And, and I believe, um, and, I, and I certainly know that Geraldine Zwanikin and, and Christian Zwanikin and Louis Zwanikin believe, this is a, a, a real um, um, mecca of... of spiritual energy that that is still very much alive and that you can feel you you really do feel this this frequency this vibrational um, energy coming at you in, in in the place so it's definitely not a film about a you know structured religion or even um, the inner workings of a monastery it is about artists people poets photographers coming together and having a spiritual connection um, You know, I know that Chris can talk more about that because the, 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 in the film you only see a family um, working and living and talking together. But I know over the years many people have, have come because it's, it's, open to, uh, it's open for people to visit. Yeah, we'll come, uh, we'll come to you in a second. Uh, one, uh, I'm not directing this. Song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd love to toss the mic over to you. You see, yeah, see yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you can take. Oh, the I want. I want to talk to Christian as well, but I, I, I have. I have a few more questions for you first. <laughs> um, when you see, uh, what, when, when do you first meet Christian? By the way. I met Christian in 2007, just randomly. Randomly. Randomly, the beautiful, random, chaotic universe brought us together. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until two years later, after working with Chris and collaborating and becoming close friends, that I decided to make a documentary about him. Right. Uh, one of the things you see in the film, you see a lot of uh, gadgets, yeah. uh, mostly made by you. Yeah, my... You see kind of, uh, uh, I would say, animatronics. It's, it's kind of like from industrial light and magic, but maybe more like handmade kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, more low budget. <laughs> more low budget. Low budget, yeah. Well, more, more creative. More creative, I would Possibly. say. Um, it, it does, it, it does uh, take me to the film world in some way, to the cinematic world. And uh, it, it makes me, uh, in some way, it transports me in space because it takes me to this monastery, it takes me to this convent, 
but also it transports me to like a kind of a magical universe, I would say, because it's very atmospheric. And in, in some, sometimes I am thinking of filmmakers like Terry Gilliam or Jean-Pierre Jean Jeanette, you know, because there is this sense of beauty and imagination at the same time. And when I talk sense of beauty, uh, something like Terence Malick, because of the pace and the sense of beauty that it's, it, it has. Uh, what does inspire you when you are creating something? Well, it's funny that you said Terry Gilliam. When I saw Brazil, it was one of my life-changing experiences to see that film when I was uh, 13, I think. Well, um, I have always been inspired uh, by the nature as our uh, as an inspiration, but not in a classical sense. Not so, not the copying. It's more commenting on it and unraveling the mysteries of it, but at the same time. I have this uh, interest in technology and gadgets um, and in a way to see how we can cope with technology without destroying our natural environment or that we outgrow the, the natural environment because I think there's so much there we can still learn from and there's a lot of solutions there. But I also try to bring it with a kind of humor and right. and they have to be artworks, so they have you have more levels and not be very yeah. Do you see? Do you think there is a kind of an environmental message there? No, I don't. Not because I there there is recycling. To. Yes, of course, and but it's the thing is when you live in a, in a natural preserve like I do, and you see a decline of species we, every year. We get birds back from Africa, and every and we have a very special falcon that's really in decline. So every year you see less of them coming back. And it's really hard to not be touched by that or to be influenced in my work because they're there on my roof actually. So when I find the skeleton of those special, very special falcons, they're really special uh, and I recreate them actually, I give them a new life. I think that tells a lot of how I feel about it. But when you look at the piece, there's a lot of humor in it too, so people, can even laugh at it, but at the same time, they know I'm serious. I'm seriously talking about something, without like you know, putting it too much in in their face. Well, when, when you or, go when you go to the dump and you uh, reconstruct this electronic waste and you you create something new from it, uh, you say well, you you you're trying to f you're trying to get independent from technology in some way. Yeah. And uh, it, that, does that give you a sense of freedom? Yeah, I think that's. I think that's really important because there are so many, many ways big corporations now, in a way, can control our lives. Um, it's good to have all this technology around, but there's also a downside to it, and that's the control side. That's something I never liked. We just get spoon-fed kind of technologies, and I think it's very good to have uh, some sort of independence or ways out. And... Um, so I think, you know, as an artist, you just try to, to look at things, how they work, and also unravel a bit uh, what's going on exactly. When, when your family leaves Holland to go to Portugal, uh, do you think they were looking for, uh, for a creative freedom? They, 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 they thought that maybe they could find more creative freedom going to, to this environment. Yes, but also the freedom to create uh, a kind of artwork, uh, 
that's made out of nature. So when they came to the convento, they started actually to plant trees, plants because there was nothing there, no plants, no trees, nothing. There were just a couple of olive trees and two or three orange trees. That was it. And they started planting all those different things. And then the birds came back, the animals came back. So now it's, I would say it's a kind of cathedral made out of nat natural elements that has been growing over these 30 years. And I think I'm very proud of that. And me and my brother really want to continue this process of creating this cathedral where people can come, see it, uh, experience it, and yes, um, see actually also what it can do for us, what nature yeah. can bring uh, to us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, when I was watching the film, I, th I, I found the, uh, the idea of death very present all throughout the film and the death of, uh, of your dad uh, Keys I believe he was called uh, does, the, uh, does the art that you, you and your family do in some way reject death or you just don't believe in death Uh, no, I don't believe in death. In I mean, I I think all the energies will go. I you know will go on, and there's lots of I think proof for everybody that we know that there's something more than our physical bodies. Right. I think lots of artists know or feel if you have that feeling, and yeah. in their artwork they try to find exactly where it is or yeah. what it is. So that's I think always a part of art right. is to look yeah for this this mystery or to would you say that's the spiritual side of art? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. One thing I was talking about the beauty of the film, and uh, it's it's funny how I found it very beautiful. I, I was very uh, charmed and uh, very engaged. But if you look at it, uh, so, some of the ideas, sort of creative ideas. Uh, maybe if that was in some way uh, exposed through the eyes of a different filmmaker, it would look quite different. I would, I would say it would look a bit macabre because uh, some people might say there's a necrophilia there or the, the love for, the, for, the, <laughs> the, love for the, for the dead things or the dead uh, creatures. Uh, well, do you see yourself, Christian, as... Dr. Frankenstein. Oh, it's funny. We just, I think it's around the corner. There's a Frankenstein uh, museum or something here. So Jared, well, it's, it's, it's actually a pop. Yeah, oh, it's well, a pop. Okay. It looks, yeah, it looks like a museum. So, so maybe I should bring my show over there. Right. Uh, <laughs> one, one, uh, one important question. When I was watching the film, what, what were these singing things on the walls? The singing things on the walls. I couldn't figure out what it was, but there were some th things on the wall that were singing. Yeah, those are uh, actually palm. Because I was mesmerized by them. When I, when, when I saw the singing things, I was really mesmerized by their sound and uh, how objects came back to life, like, you know, came alive. Well, I grabbed a couple of uh, leaf, palm leaves and uh, because they always seemed like African masks to me, and we have them just laying around, they just grow on, on those palm trees, and they're beautiful, they have this beautiful African mask shape. So I just one morning started to creating this real mask and yeah. give them little tongues, and then it took me like weeks and weeks to create the soundtrack and synchronize them to the sounds I created with my own voice. And it was in a way to, you know, 
to bring the spirit of the plant into that piece. I try to uh, do some voodoo on the, on that on that piece. <laughs> voodoo, I, I like the idea of voodoo because it's it's less uh, it's less involving chemicals and science than it yeah, is right. actual uh, you know some of that voodoo magic. More, more magical. Yeah, I mean, you know, but what's really cool about Chris's work is. You know, if you if you think of like the Wizard of Oz approach, where you don't really get to see behind the curtain, you'll see in the exhibition, Chris shows you both that magic, but also shows you the materials, mm -hmm. because there's a there's a conversation about materials within this magical um, sort of surrealism that he that he creates, yeah. and I think. Um, it's a really cool way to educate an audience without giving them this sort of didactic experience about um, the importance of materials. He shows it in a, in a really funny, satirical way. Well, you, Jared, uh, you have a past, you have a, a career in, as a video artist. What makes this film different from other, other works? Well, for the past 10 years, I've actually spent um, extensively in dance. I work... Uh, as a cinematographer with the Merce Cunningham Dance Company. So working with movement with a director and, and training myself, or being trained, I should say, because there's such discipline in dance about photographing uh, choreography, actually had a huge impact on my life. When I even make my own work, specifically Convento, I kept, I kept just going to my natural instincts as a, a cinematographer in dance to photographing the daily routines of the Zwanikins as dancers. You know, I look at the beauty of movement. Um, it seems to be consistent in my work. The, the movement of, I should say, the, the, the process of craft. Mm. You know, um, I just... I just love to watch people work to build things. I love to watch people um, in the garden, um, or, or whether it's Louis with horses and feeding ducks. There's a certain beauty in the routine, and I and I like to think uh, as you know, if I had to categorize Convento, I always say it's a, a meditation through a lens, and it allows both the viewer and the filmmaker to breathe and meditate on on what he or she is seeing. Going back to your question about, you know, video art, I mean, it's very different because, you know, video art lives mainly in a gallery yeah. or, or a gallery space or a fixed space. Right. And, you know, it's hard to really transport a viewer into a cinematic experience in a museum. Usually, uh, as I've experienced, most people don't give enough attention yeah. to video art. It's actually really hard to sustain someone's attention, especially if it's in a larger show. So, maybe in the context of a theater, the tension is going to be... I think so. I mean, I mean, that's what it's about. It's why we watch... It's why film lives on a big screen in a dark space, so that we can really forget everything and immerse ourselves into the silver screen. And when you're creating video art or installations, you have to, unfortunately, think short bursts. You know, you have to think attention span. Um, but together, we're, we're experimenting on large, larger installations, trying to you know, have the viewer get lost in a larger space. I mean, of, of course, funding has a, has a lot to do with that. But if you can find a large space and create multi-channel installations, I think it can be as effective as the cinema experience. Right. Well, I heard that you are making a science fiction film. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about that. Are you making it with Christian, actually? 
I am actually. In fact, if you if you take you know if you take Jim Henson and Ridley Scott and you put them together, I think you've got this perfect combination of what Christian and I do best. I, you have the beards as well. <laughs> my, my help. We are we are fuzzy and we're fun to touch. That's correct. So are you, are you both big fans of uh, science fiction then? Yeah, we're both big sci-fi fans, but we also like uh, oh, I think um, all kinds of other films and. Uh, like some Charlie Ch good Charlie Chaplin or uh, right yeah, we're, we're, yeah. We, we love the films of the silent era and you can see the influence on his work I mean it's about capturing that movement capturing that um, you know that humor right. in the pathos of it all and I think you know right now I'm writing a screenplay that definitely involves Chris and it's going to be a fusion of art and science fiction and it's going to be mind-blowing. Do we have a title? Oh. No title yet. No, no yet. Okay. No. So. But it's, it's just taking that artistic process of maybe I'm a documentarian now, but the next step for Chris and I are going to be real collaborators on a fictional right. project. And I think it's, it's fun. A lot of people, if you read that down on a piece of paper, it doesn't really make sense, but to us it makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, that, that film. I think it's going to be like, again, the, these two minds together could, be a, could make a good science fiction film. Well, thanks very much for making a, such a beautiful film. Uh, they are 55 minutes very well spent. And thank you for uh, spending time uh, to talk to us as well. Right, and that's the end of the interview with uh, Jared Alterman, director of the documentary film Convento, and artist Christian Swanikin. You can find out more about uh, the film Convento at the Convento... Oh, you're going to have to help me. <laughs> you're going to have to help me out here, George. It's a Tumblr website, so it's convento.tumblr.com, but that's Tumblr spelt without an E. All right, so that's the way you pronounce it. Okay, Tumblr. Okay, um, find out more interviews and film reviews at Tricycle Magazine and its glorious website at tricycle.co.uk where you can also get a copy of the magazine. <coughs> oh, this cough is horrible. Where you can also get a copy of the magazine delivered to your door whether you live in Pisa, Brighton, Pula, Bratislava, Galway or anywhere in the world. Tricycle Magazine is not responsible for the content of this program and uh, all opinions and views expressed on the show are solely of the individuals. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be surfing the wave soon. This podcast is a production of Calvinet Entertainment for Tricycle Magazine. Find out more at tricycle.co.uk. That's T-R-I-S-I-C-K-L-E dot co dot UK.